Praise God. Would you pray with me and believe with me this morning? Amen. Father, we're so grateful for the Word of God, your holy written Word. And Lord, we come and we approach your Word reverently. We approach your Word humbly, understanding that your Word is right and your Word is truth. And, and we're open, Father, to correction from your Word or direction, encouragement, anything you'd bring to us today. Heavenly Father, we just want to let you know that we're receivers of that. And Father, we ask you today for utterance. Help us to speak that which you'd have us speak as though you were here speaking it yourself. And Father, we ask you for all of us, for our eyes to see, for ears to hear, for a heart that would receive and retain the truth, that we might be doers of the word, not hearers only being deceived, but doers being blessed. And Father, we thank you for increasing our lives today as we receive from the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'd ask you to turn to Isaiah 26. Uh, we went a different direction last week, but I think two weeks ago, we began preaching along uh, certain lines here, and we want to continue because there's some important truths that will affect your life in a great, great way. Amen. Now, you understand whether or not you get anything out of today. Amen. Depends on what we just prayed and asked God about. Uh, are we going to be receivers? Are we going to be hearers and those that retain it and do it? What if you just come and sit like a bump on the log and just sit there and say, well, bless God, I'm here. You would get more from it. You know, it's sunny out. Go get your lawnmower and mow the snow or something like, you know, you get more out of that than you would here. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to I don't want people here under false pretenses thinking you're going to get something just because you're here. Amen. So I like to be truthful. I hope you appreciate that. Amen. We won't lie to you. Now, Isaiah 26, and we were looking at the third verse. It says this. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Notice that talks about your mind. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. We, uh, we noticed as we ministered this the last time that I like how it says it in the King James. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because you trust in him. Does that sound good? Being kept in perfect peace. Remember, we told you this, that that word that would that the translators translated perfect is actually the same word as peace. It's the word shalom. And a literal rendering would be you will keep him in peace. Peace. Peace, peace. Do you like that? Why don't you say that? Peace, peace. How's that going to happen? Hmm? Something has to be done with your mind if you're going to have peace, peace. Double peace. What's, why must we have double peace? Well, you want peace of heart and peace of mind. Peace, peace. Levels of peace, peace in every different level, peace in a lot of different ways. Amen. Uh, your mind being stayed on him because you trust in him. Trust is the Old Testament equivalent of the New Testament word faith. You don't see the word faith a whole lot in the Old Testament, but you see the word trust. And isn't isn't there such great similarity between those two words? Right. If you're in faith for something, if you're believing God for something, what are you doing? You are trusting 
in him. Now, let me ask you this. If I said to, to you, I'm not saying this, but if I did, if I said I'm going to give you $100 later on today after I go to an ATM, you know, you know me well enough. You'd probably you'd believe that, wouldn't you, if I said that to you? And what would you have to do between now and later on this afternoon? You'd have to trust me. Are you, are you even listening? You'd have to trust me, right? You'd have to trust that what I said is right. I'm not saying that. But you'd have to trust me, wouldn't you? But now, if I just reached in my pocket right now and said, here, here's $100, and you took it, which I have no doubt that he would, you wouldn't have to be trusting me for it all day, would you? No, there's no trust at all. He already has it. Can you see how trust is just like faith? If you're in faith for something, if you're believing God, then you're trusting him. And so this, this verse, when we're talking about being in peace or peace, peace, because our mind is stayed on him because we're trusting in him. We're talking about having to trust God when things don't look like we want them to look Amen. right. If everything in your life, every circumstance was perfect, you wouldn't have to trust him, would you? That's one of the reasons any believer that's listening to God. That's listening to God. He'll always be taking you on and, and endeavoring to get you to believe for that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? And, you know, faith is something that is developed as we've talked about. It's a progression. He'll get you to a point, you know, uh, some of the things the Lord's having us believe for now, we couldn't even conceive them that we could have or, or we could do those kind of things. I mean, there's one thing that I already that he's already blessed me with that two years ago. It, it, I just couldn't I would have choked on it. To even think about it. Yeah. But see, your faith, has, your faith should be always growing, always developing. And uh, where, where it used to take all the faith you had to believe God for $20. Years down the line, uh, you ought to be able to believe God for 20000 as easily as you could for that 20 those many years ago. Amen. Well, He'll grow you. He'll develop you. Amen. Amen. And so there's, there's never supposed to be a time where, you, where you're not using your faith for anything. And if that's the case in your life where you don't have anything you're using your faith for, I'll put some things on you. <laughs> believe, be, believe with us for this church, you know, for the, for the people that we're believing for and the growth and the different things. And we're just not okay with things the way they are. I'll be honest with you. We're not okay. We're not going to be okay. We haven't been okay with it for years and years and years. We've seen lots, of pe lots and lots of people come. Amen. And for all kind of different reasons, they don't, you know, some of them don't go. Some of them don't stay. Some of them do stay, whatever. Some of them are inconsistent. Some of them are consistent. Some of them are okay for four years and then are not okay for two years. You know, that kind of thing. Amen. But it just takes a constant outflow of our faith. Believe in God for, for the people. Believe in God for all kind of stuff. Amen. 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 That's, part of, uh, that's part of the supply you bring to the church is your faith. Amen. Amen. Not making me do it all. Hallelujah. So trusting God for things that you don't see is primarily the area where you're going to be challenged to not have peace in your mind. Right. Amen. Well, this circumstance isn't good and this individual isn't cooperating and, in, in, you know, making life tough for me. And those are the kind of things that would try, would try to rob you of the peace of mind that God wants you to have. And there is a way for you to have peace, peace in the midst of that situation. Amen. Praise God. And it has to do with you setting your mind on him and his things and not letting your mind be pulled off. Amen. Staying in faith regarding those things. That's something that we have to do. 
We, uh, we, you may remember the scripture we looked at additionally in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 where it said this great, great statement. It said, we have the mind of Christ. Do you remember us talking about that? It didn't say we have Jesus' brain. <laughs> One person told, that, told their little, kept telling their child that, you know, you have the mind of Christ because they were having a tough time in school. And, and they said, now what, what's, uh, what's grandma been telling you? Uh, and they said, yes, I know I have Jesus's brain. That's what they said. <laughs> no, the scripture says we have the mind of Christ. How do we have the mind of Christ? Well, in, in the form of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. Praise God. We have the mind of Christ. But also think of it this way. And let's look at this scripture from another standpoint. How did Jesus walk and how did Jesus function? What kind of peace did he walk in mentally here on the earth? You understand that Jesus uh, did not have it easier than you have it. Did Jesus, how many believe that Jesus walked in peace of mind here on earth? So much so that he said things like, my peace I give to you. Well, if you don't have any, <laughs> you're not going to be saying that, are you? He said, my peace give to you. And he said, not like the world gives. You know, the world's definition of peace is just, okay, you know, as soon as we get the troops home, then we'll be at peace. Well, <laughs> that might be wrong on a, on a variety of levels. Amen. Amen. And I'm not commenting on that, but... But you know what I mean? To the world, an absence of us being at war equals peace, right? Or an absence of problems equals peace. That's not, that's not the peace that God's talking about, and that's not the peace that Jesus was talking about. Amen. The peace that God has is a supernatural peace. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, and it starts on the inside and works its way out. It's an inner peace. There's a scripture in the, in the Word that says, There is no peace to the wicked. Do you know folk who are not Christians, who have not been born again, they do not have on deep on the inside of them the peace of God that we're talking about. And I'll tell you, it's tormenting and they'll try and hide it any way they can and they'll try and drown it any way they can. Right. But at the end of the day and at the end of their life, they'll still be there with no peace. The peace he's talking about. But Jesus said he had so much peace. He said, guys, I'm leaving this with you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. The peace that Jesus has and the peace that we're talking about is a peace that's going to affect your heart. It's going to cause you not to be troubled on the inside. It's going to cause you not to be in fear on the inside. Besides, we know Jesus walked in peace. The little kids loved hanging around him. If you're flying off the handle all the time, you know, little kids don't want to be around you. Hmm? If you're always freaking out about stuff. He had peace, peace. We have the mind of Christ. You and I have the ability to have the same state of peace in our hearts and in our minds as Jesus had when he walked here on this earth. Amen. Well, what if we, what if we don't? What if we're troubled? What if we're full of anxiety? What if we're full of this or full of that? Well, that just lets you know that to that degree, you are not walking in the peace that he's provided for us. You are not taking advantage of the mind of Christ that he's given us. Amen. But we're going to tell you today how to how to move towards that. Is that all right? Amen. Praise God. We'll go to ask you to turn really to Romans, the 12th chapter. What is the remedy if you're dealing with Confusion, anxiety, lack of peace. 
trouble in your mind. We may have said this last time, you know, but if you had somebody come in here and they had a leg growing out of their back or out of the, you know, something just physically so obviously wrong with them. Well, everybody would know what the problem was, right? Because you could see it. But you get a bunch of people all dressed nice like you. And, you know, we can't see you on the inside necessarily. And so it's possible to have all kinds of stuff going on, dealing with problems in your head. Amen. And, uh, you know, nobody would know it. But God knows that he's dealing with me to help you along these lines. And, and you know, truth is, lots and lots of Christians have problems with their mind. Matter of fact, at one time or another, everybody will because the enemy will see to it. We talked to you about Jesus and how he walked here on earth. Do you know that the Bible says that he was tempted in every way, just like we are, yet without sin? And what that means is he overcame every temptation. And uh, one of the biggest temptations where we see Jesus having problems in his head. I know that sounds weird, doesn't it? To be saying Jesus had problems with his head. He sure did. One of the biggest ways he's, I mean, how many remember him sweating blood in the garden? Struggling to, struggling to keep on God's path and keep on God's will, not go a different way. He desperately didn't want to go to the cross. Would you have? I heard one preacher one time, you know, some folk learn too much. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? What, what the problem is, is they operate too much out of their head and don't listen to their heart and haven't learned how. And I listened to this one preacher telling about how Jesus wanted to go to the cross. You know what I mean? I mean, saying that Jesus's natural desire was to go to the cross. That's ridiculous. Anybody's flesh is going to recoil from the from death. That kind of pain. Amen. And he was twisting a couple of scriptures. Didn't mean to, but he was to, to make the Bible show that. When, when we see Jesus saying, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Letting us know that his will was something different at that time from God's. And he was putting his will in, in, in submission and obedience to God. Amen. But uh, the place where you, in the scripture, I think you see Jesus being having trouble with his head more than anywhere would be in what we would call the temptation in the wilderness. Remember, now you can write these scriptures down. We won't turn to them now, but uh, you can find it in Matthew 4 or Luke 4. Matthew 4 or Luke 4. Read them both. And that talks to you about the time when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness of the devil. And if you notice how these temptations came, there was a couple temptations. One of them was, uh, if, if you're the son of God, command that these stones may be made bread. See, he hadn't eaten and was hungry. Well, how, see, how did those temptations come to him in the form of words or thoughts coming at him? Where? In his mind. And so some folk here, I've heard this, too. This is this is interesting. They say, well, you know, Jesus, he, he didn't have any problem overcoming those things. He was the son of God. You know, it wasn't nothing for him. Look, if he was if he wasn't tempted, why would the scripture say he was tempted? If he was tempted, it means that he was having a back and forth about which way to go with this thing. Come on, Jesus. He, look, he was 30 years old. He was he was young in ministry, new in ministry. Look, all of us have to work out our salvation. The Bible says all of us have to learn the workings of God. Jesus was learning these things. The, the important thing is he got victory. 
And the important thing for us to know is we're not going to be in a situation. God will not allow us in a situation where we cannot get victory. Right. He doesn't set us up to fail. And so Jesus came back and I want you to notice how he fought these battles. I think I'm preaching a later part of my message this morning, but we'll, you know, we'll preach it again later. He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth. And, and every time Jesus was tempted, he won the temptation by taking the word and whipping the enemy with it. And so we're going to see right here that the word of God, are you in Romans 12? We're going to see that the word of God has a huge part to play in us staying in a place of peace of mind. There is a battle on for your soul. The enemy wants to control your soul, wants to control your mind, wants to control your thoughts, wants to control your emotions. And ultimately, he'd not just like to control them day to day. He'd like to really have ownership of your mind to where you lost it completely. Amen. And you know how people get to that point where they lose their mind? They yield a little bit here and they yield a little bit there and they keep yielding some here and some there till they're till they're, you know, what we might call nuts. Romans 12 gives us a huge key. The second verse, Romans 12, and these are verses, you know, I understand this, but are they verses we're doing? Verse, 12, verse 2, Romans 12 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Would you notice that phrase, the pattern of this world? But be transformed. Transformed just simply means Changed. Anybody know of uh, the Transformers? Uh, you know what the Transformers are? What are they? They're like a movie now and their TV show. There used to just be a little doll. And when I was coming up, you know, it was just, you know, Transformers more than meets the eye. Anybody remember those commercials? Uh, you struggle to find. You remember those. OK, Transformers. What's that mean? That means they can change. The word transform means change. It's the same Greek word where we would get our word metamorphosis. Huh? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be changed. How are you going to be changed? By the renewing of your mind. This thing called renewing your mind is going to cause you to be changed and it'll cause you not to be conformed to the world's pattern. Amen. Letting us know this, everybody, that the main component of this world's pattern would be a way of thinking. Amen. And a way of believing. If the world's pattern can be counteracted by us doing something with our mind, then we know that's the main part of the world's pattern. Do you know that there is a pattern that this world has? Satan is the God of this world. This world is on a course. Amen. And all of us as Christians, when we come into the faith, when we come to Christ, when we're born again, we receive Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. We get we get on the inside made a brand new man. Yet our minds are still going to want to think according to that old course. They have to be renewed. Now, in the age we live in, I'm thankful that we live in the computer age. I mean, that's still way slow for God. You understand the fastest computer we have, it would be like a, you know, just an antique to him. He's so quick. But for us, it just helps us so much. And, and let's use a different word instead of saying renewing. Let's use the word reprogramming. 
Hmm? We can we can be changed and we must be changed by the reprogramming of our mind. Our minds must be reprogrammed off the world's way. Amen. And on to God's ways. And what will happen if we do that? It says then. Would you say that word with me? Then letting us know that it doesn't happen until then. Okay. Then what? Then after you've renewed your mind, listen to this, you will be able to test and approve, or we could just say find out and discover and do what God's will is. That which is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you and I will renew our mind, and if our, the mind that is fully and completely renewed to the Word of God, you will know with total clarity what God's will is concerning you, God's perfect plan for you. Do you know that not knowing the will of God is one of the areas that robs Christians of their peace the most? Man, I wish everybody, I wish everybody in the state was hearing this this morning. And, you know, I hope, I hope they are somewhere. But I know enough to know that most of them aren't somewhere. You know, if a couple places are for sure. Hallelujah. This is good today. I said not knowing the will of God. Not knowing am I in the will of God? Am I doing the will of God? That is an area that torments Christians and causes them to lack peace of mind. I'll tell you, you know, there was a, and there was certainly a time in my life where I had those same struggles, you know, those same thoughts. Well, am I doing what God wants me to do? Is this right? Things like that. And I'll tell you, but I, I grew to a point, developed to a point, renewed my mind to the point where I could say I know. And I'll tell you today, I know that I'm doing God's perfect will for my life. I know it. And, and I'll tell you, once, once I got, and I've known it for years, you know, but once I got to that point, there came a level of peace that I hadn't had before because I was, you know, struggling with that, finding that out before. Well, I, Pastor, that's good for you. I just don't know what the will of God is. How are you going to find out? <laughs> don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be changed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you'll be able to find out. Then you'll be able to know what, it, what God's perfect and best is for me. Amen. Hallelujah. So getting God's thoughts, getting his word in you, amen, getting to know what he wants for you will change you, will get you to that place where you can know these things. Amen. Give you peace of mind. Glory to God. Right. Now, hallelujah, where are we going to go from here? Can you hang on just a little bit more? Yes, Let me give you another verse that just more or less shows the same thing. Go to Ephesians 4. Thank you, Father. Certainly want every Christian to have help. You know, everybody can know the will of God for their life. Everybody can develop in this area. Everybody can renew your mind, their mind. Notice that it didn't say God will renew your mind. He recreated you on the inside, but whose job is it to renew your mind? Who did it? Who was the subject? Don't be conformed to the world. Who does that? God or you? It's your job to not be conformed to the world. 
Who's supposed to be transformed? Who's supposed to do the transforming by the renewing of your mind? God or you? We do that. Who does the reprogramming? We do that. Ephesians 4. Verse 22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Notice that there's a former way of life. Are you all in the same chapter? Ephesians 4, 22. Notice you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old. Right. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Anybody ever had a computer and you had a corrupted file? Hmm. How, how, how well did that file work? You get a document and the, the thing pops up. How, I can't stand when those little things pop up and go bonk. And they're right there in your face in the front of the screen said, uh, you know, such and such a file is corrupted, can't open it. That's the way your old way of thinking is over in the kingdom of God. It's corrupted. It needs to be changed. I know this doesn't excite you all that much, but you, it excites you if you do it. Verse 23 says, be made new in the attitude of your minds. It's your mind that gets corrupt. It's the files in your mind that's what gets corrupted. That's what needs to be made new. You don't need to be made new on the inside. You already are if you're born again. Amen. How do I know? I read the next verse. It said, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You've already been made. You've already been recreated on the inside. You're already brand new on the inner man. What needs to happen in our life? We need to stay right. Stay right there. Turn the page. Ephesians five. We're going to put this together all together here. Now, women, are you ready to, to say Amen. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives. All right. A couple of them said amen. (laughs) Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave him up for himself for here. uh, Gave up. Pastor can read, can he? Gave himself up for her to make her holy. Notice this. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. You put the word of God in you, it will scrub, it will wash. It will erase the old and program in the new. New way of thinking, new way of living, new way of walking. Amen. New way of thinking about money. I mean, before you were saved, you ever think that the way to get more was to give more? Never much occurs to you, huh? No. See, the corrupted, the way the corrupted files think is the way to get more is to hang on tight to more and reach out and get more with the other arm. And the Bible says that'll, that'll bring you to a place called poverty. Amen. There's a new way. Everybody say a new way. There's a new way of thinking. I've got a new way to. Okay, I'm taking you back to, the, to a bad era in music, aren't I? What year was that? I've got a new way to walk. The 90s, the 80s. I don't remember what it was. So look, for most of us, everybody, there's a whole lifetime of programming that needs to be redone. 
How are you going to do it? Huh, Dr. Phil? Feeding and meditating on the Word of God, number one. And then also taking time to pray in the Spirit, to pray in other tongues. I'll tell you, those two things will do more for washing, scrubbing, getting rid of the old, programming in the new. And, uh, you know, we say this is something you have to do, but you have such a good time doing those things, it doesn't seem like anything. You just, how many have ever sat down and read five or six chapters in the Bible? And then afterwards, it's like, that wasn't hard work, but I feel like, woo. I mean, my, my mind just feels like somebody gave me a shot in it. You know, everything gets set right. Everything gets turned right. Amen. Amen. I did that this morning. We just sat down. I read about three chapters. One of them was that love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. And it's good for me to read before I come to church, you know. So I don't want to slap anybody. You know, I want to love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not just a matter of getting rid of the old. The way you do it is by putting in the new. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Could you handle one more verse this morning? Well, have you? Well, you're right there in Ephesians 5, right? Flip over a few pages to Philippians 4. Everybody, why don't you say thank God for the word of God? Amen. This is okay this morning, isn't it? Now I'm going to I'm going to begin to give you another point that I don't think I would get out here today, but we'll continue it next time. Philippians 4. Now verse uh, it's you know verse 4 if we start there, Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, he said rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, rejoice. What's he trying to do? Get him happy. He's trying to get him happy because of what he's about to tell him. Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the what? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your what? And what else? Your hearts and your minds in Christ. The peace of God, not the peace that the world has. The peace of God, a, 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 a real substance in the spirit realm. This peace will guard like a bouncer at a bar. What's that bouncer do? He's supposed to not let in anything that doesn't belong there. I mean, you know, that. yeah, he keeps the peace so that the people inside can drink in peace. Have great, great, undisturbed peace. Some bouncers, you know, they keep out certain kinds of people. All, they're all supposed to keep out people underage. Some of them keep out non-Italians. You know what I mean? It, depending on the, you don't belong in here. This isn't your place. You go down to the other place. Come on, I have a lot of Italian friends. They, they, they'd let me get away with that one. Every mind needs a bouncer. Thoughts will come to you that don't belong there. And you need that bouncer that says, out of here. We're not taking you. Let's get to just to what this verse said, though. Did it did this verse say, do not be anxious about anything? Did it say, try not to? 
Huh? It didn't say try not to be anxious. It said do not be anxious. This is a verse a lot of folk don't like. You know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about that, that are wrong. You know, we could preach on sin, right? We could say, you know, you, people uh, who are unmarried shouldn't sleep together. And if, and if a particular individual is married or doesn't want to be married and all that, they'd say, amen, pastor, that's good preaching. We could preach against alcohol and, everybody, you know, some, like most people would say, amen, that's right, that's good preaching. We could preach against, you know, using drugs. Yeah, that's good. But you start talking about don't be anxious, And it gets just quiet as can be. Because now all of a sudden, here's a sin you can't see and you can't smell. Right? I mean, you could smell if somebody came in here full of alcohol, whatever. You'd smell it, maybe, whatever. Smoking something they shouldn't have, which is anything. But you start talking about anxiety. Mm. What is anxiety? It's it's worry. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is that a commandment or a suggestion? Did it say try not to? Now, let me just uh, let me just ask you one question before we're dismissed today. I hear a lot of people saying things like this. Hey, I just can't help it. I've got a, I've got a lot of things coming against me. I, I just look, I just can't help that. It's just the way I am. I'm a mother. And so let me just say this to you today. And, you know, I like to just tell you the way it is, not lie to you. You're a liar. Or God's a liar. God said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. If that's not something that all of us can do, then he is absolutely unjust to have put that in his word as a command to us. For sake of argument, let's just assume that God is not wrong. Let's just assume that he had his act together. That the problem isn't on God's side. We'll just assume that. To say, I just can't help being anxious, means you're the culprit who's lying about it. Because the word says you can. But I'm a mother. You're a lying mother. (laughs) The word says, don't be anxious. (laughs) Come on now. Which sin is worse? Anxiety or adultery? Sin is sin. Worrying, fretting. How many know right here? is what robs people of their peace of mind almost more than anything else. And you're saying, well, Lord, I just need peace. I don't have peace. But what do you want him to do about it? He gave you the command not to worry.
1 Peter 5 says, cast all your care, all your anxiety, all your worry once and for all upon him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares for you about, about you watchfully. That's what the Amplified Translation says. He cares for you. Cast all your care on him. You just don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, but we already talked about Jesus was tempted in all points like we are. He had it worse than you and he was able to do it. But that was Jesus. And you're you made in the image of God. Now, you might think I'm coming down on you, but I'm trying to help you. Amen. Amen. You need to take a stand against anxiety. What's worrying going to do about it? Has anybody ever worried about something and, it, and that worrying made it better? Did the worry make it better? Now, let me test you. Can the worry make it worse? Yeah, it can. Yeah, the words coming out of your mouth are affecting the situation. It's messing with your blood pressure, causing stress on your body that your body's not designed to take. Hmm? Causing you to shorten your life. You notice Jesus, when Jesus said, which of you by taking thought or taking anxious thought can add one cubit to your lifespan? He said, who of you by worrying can add? He didn't say who by worrying could take it away because you sure can. <laughs> you and me are to be worry free. Carefree. Free from anxiety. Yeah, but you don't understand my responsibilities. You don't understand the word. Sorry. It says what it says. No anxiety. No worry. No concern. What are you supposed to do about it then? In everything. By prayer. My Lord, it's not telling us to pray, is it? Has it come all the way to that? Is there, no other, is there no other avenue, no other course left? We actually have to pray? In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And evidently, that's talking about praying in faith, because if you believe God heard you, you believe it's taken care of, you're not going to go away all worried about it. And it says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts. Keep your minds in Christ. Amen. If, we, did, if we, we, we preached along these lines and we didn't talk about this right here, we would have done no good. Because you can't have peace through anxiety. You can't have peace through fear. You can't have peace through worry. Forget about it. Yeah, but the doctor says I might have such and such. You worrying about it won't change it. You fretting about it, going over it in your head 50,000 times isn't going to change it. That's not where the answer is. There, there is something that can change it. Everything by prayer. And I don't mean worrying out loud before God. That's not the prayer, kind of prayer we're talking about. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, you sound like an owl. <laughs> Taking it to God. Getting it settled. Get, before you pray about it, get his word on it. Take that to him. Lord, this is what the situation is. This is what your word says. I'm making a choice right now to believe your word. I'm thanking you for the answer. I'm opening, I'm opening my heart to you for instruction along these lines. I'm going to pray in the spirit for a while about this. Amen. Amen. Get the thing settled and do not carry the care with you. Amen. 
Don't take it to bed. Don't wake up with it. Now you'll be tempted to. You'll wake up and there that thing is right there. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about me? What are you going to do about me? And you need to answer. You need to say, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to cast that. That's already been cast on the Lord. I don't have you. I'm going to act as though God heard me. I'm going to act as though I have the answer. I'm going to act as though the word was true because it is. I'm going to act victorious because I am. Amen. Amen. And that's how you come out on the other side. Hallelujah. That's how you have peace in the midst of the storm. And you won't be a, you won't be nuts. Praise the Lord. You won't be like the disciples. Jesus, we're all going to die. We're going down. The ship's going down. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand up today? Keep going. We're not done with this, but we are for, for right now. Have we given you enough to, to deal with today? Glory to God. Say this with me. I won't worry. I won't fret. He's never failed me yet. And he's not going to. Say it again. I won't worry. I won't fret. He's never failed me yet. And he's not going to. Glory to God. Put your hands up and thank him for the peace of God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Say this with me. It's going to be okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you for the peace.